In life, you win some and you lose some. In F1, there's no different. Let's get started. Sebastian Vettel's got into Max Verstappen. And under braking, Leclerc has gone into the barriers at the penultimate turn. Perez ahead of Stroll, ahead of Ricardo behind. Oh, it's a tight finish. It's a photo finish. Adding another championship to his collection. It's Lewis Hamilton, champion of the world. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the winners and losers of the 2020 season. That's what we'll be discussing in this episode of F1 in Review, trying to cobble together a sort of loose consensus of what we we think uh, in terms of the season, who's done well, who's not done well. But instead of sort of going through each team, all, all 10 of them, and going through all drivers, which would take a great deal of time and be quite boring for you to listen to, we thought we'd go through and sort of pick one winner in terms of team and one win it in terms of driver then flip it round and go on to the losers in terms of one team that has lost and one uh, driver that has lost because of everything that's happened in this unique 2020 season um i might as well go first in, in terms of constructors i've got to say mercedes is the obvious winner in terms of a team um they won this year's constructors championship the seventh consecutive year in a row they've done this with 573 points um they've won this award seven times they've only been in the sport for about 10 years uh, looking at their drivers lewis hamilton He's obviously broken that record or equal that record uh, of Michael Schumacher winning six six drivers championships uh, with 347 points. Uh, A cool 124 ahead of his teammate Valtteri Bottas who finished in second uh, with 223 Ahead of Max Verstappen, they've dominated pretty much every race. Uh, even Jules Russell had a go in the new black Mercedes and was able to do a sterling job, even though uh, in many regards his mechanics and team uh, were against him in terms of aspects that went on throughout the race. So an obvious winner there. Now, in, in terms of driver, I feel we're going to be in huge consensus with this one, but it's quite clear to me that Sergio Perez is the winner, uh, not only because he's been able to secure that Red Bull seat, but because of the performances throughout the season which have allowed him to do so. Uh, never forget that win at Bahrain, the, the second place finish at Turkey, uh, and not to mention those two fourth uh, place finishes, two fifths, six uh, sevenths as well. He's pretty much scored uh, points on every single time, uh, on every single race uh, he's been involved with he was away for two of them after um, unfortunately being infected with COVID-19 and and retired at Abu Dhabi through the fault of the racing point car and he's clearly the winner for me because it was quite clear the team didn't want him they were prepared to ditch him and go for four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel fine granted but he really showed them that moving forwards um, he's a driver to be reckoned with and maybe, maybe just maybe, they have made a mistake by dumping him so early and by retaining uh, Lance Stroll and, and going in a different direction. But what do, you, what do you guys think about that? Do you think, well obviously Mercedes are the biggest winner in one sense, but um, do you think I've, I've made some good suggestions there, some good points? Would you agree, disagree? What are your thoughts? Well in terms, in terms of biggest winner, then I, I, think, I think you missed out the, the blindingly obvious, which is Lewis Hamilton, biggest winner of them all because he won everything <laughs> effectively um congratulations you won formula 1 um and now is at well schumacher level and i th- i suppose next year when we come back to this we'll probably be like oh look he's even more of a winner so i think perez is definitely not the loser anymore 
right? That's what I'd say because he lost his seat. He's going to Red Bull, and whether or not you believe that's a is a good thing given the team dynamic will be your down to your opinion on whether Red Bull have treated their drivers well. So, it I suppose we we'll have to work out whether or not Doctor Helmut Marco destroys him like he has done um poor Alex Albon who is in there of my biggest losers um so but I think I think the biggest winner for me has to be of of the drivers Lewis Hamilton because he's got his seventh world championship matching Schumacher it's just the only thing he has yet to do is that um most most fastest laps I think that in a single season so yeah I think I think that's the biggest takeaway from me is actually the Mercedes is is still winning everything this season I yeah I would definitely agree with your choices Tom um yeah I listed Mercedes absolutely first um when I came to write my list earlier and Hamilton too and um from what you said uh Tristan but what regarding Perez he was on my list as well I think he's really proved to everyone what a driver he is this year and for me it's the fact that he missed those two races and he still finished where he finished like that is such a talent like other drivers completed more races than him, uh, you know, for, and and did far worse, and you'd expect them to do better. So, for me, Perez, yeah, absolutely a winner, and good for him. And he, it was the time that he needed to, to do it, blimey, and he, he went and did it, and good good for him. And obviously, yeah, we all know I'm sad about Alex Albon, but Christ, Perez showed that he deserved that seat, and I am really, really pleased that he's going to be in this in the sport. So, a huge winner for uh, for 2020. Um, okay, so. With regards to the um, drivers, I think you guys will agree as well on this one. I've got Pierre Gasly. You know, obviously, I mean, Gasly wasn't um, up there constantly, as we as we know. However, you know, he won a race, which is absolutely huge in his Alpha Tauri, and he it was so deserving. I I, I can't imagine. I I feel like that I I felt so emotional that day, and everyone felt so emotional that day. And also, got to mention Carlos Sainz gave him a brilliant fight, but. Pierre Gasly, what is he's just proved and proved that you can overcome that horrible Red Bull that's going on and the way they treated Alex and the way they treated him and he was treated badly and all he's done is shown that that AlphaTauri is a the team for him they've nurtured him they've helped him and he's gone look at this look at this look at this and he's so deserving of the win and and he's proved this season I think why he deserves to be there and why he should stay like not go back to Red Bull anyway because it shows that if he's with the right team he can really achieve magic so. Yeah, Pierre. I think Pierre should be up there on our winners list. Gasly is great, and I'm only throwing this in there because I don't want to be samey, samey, samey. Because I'm a big Gasly fan, but I think you have to ignore Monza because the only overtake of any significance was Lance Stroll, who effectively ruined his own race. Everything else was just luck. So that's the controversy there. But he that. has performed so yeah, well this he's season. Definitely performed. If you if you ignore Monza, like ignore the win, he's yeah. performed so well. So that that's what I was about to say is is you but you have to take Monza in isolation to everything else, and and then Gasly's pretty good. He's he's definitely a good driver. But I I feel like a lot of people are spouting spouting Gasly as being like amazing because of the bit of Monza and I don't think for me he makes it into the list of the biggest biggest winners in because the Monza thing was just excellent but lucky and then he is just fine after that so I, I would swap in my my like pack of biggest winners I'd swap Pierre Gasly for Carlos Sainz or Lando Norris yeah so I would say that 
Yes, if, if we go back over the ones that have been mentioned already, Mercedes, definite winner. Lewis Hamilton, definite winner. Absolutely smashed it this year, sweeped both championships, made it look incredibly easy, um, which they claim, they always claim, they're always very humble and say it's not that easy, but they made it look perhaps easier than it's ever looked um, before in Formula 1 history. Um, I would also have to agree with uh, Sergio Perez. Of course, he like, like you said, Liv, he's missed two races because of COVID and he still managed to finish fourth in the championship. He finally got that win in his 190th race, which is the longest uh, winless streak in F1 history. Um, but he's managed to break that duck. So, again, and his performances throughout the year were just phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, a definite winner. I would, I would actually say that Pierre Gasly is a winner. I would have to, I'd have to say that even though you could argue that the win at Monza was an anomaly, he still managed to. It wasn't like it was, it made up like most of his points or half of his points. He still picked up fifty points in other races to add to the twenty-five he got for the win in Monza. He put in stellar performances. Uh, the one that springs to mind the most is in Portugal, where he made a different strategy work, went longer in the first stint. Um, and then put the quicker tyres on at the end, made some brilliant overtakes, and finished up in fifth, which on, on that weekend was for sure outperforming the car. So I'd say he is definitely a winner. And I'd like to throw another winner into the mix, which, and I would say Charles Leclerc is definitely a winner from 2020. He proved last year in his first season with Ferrari, when he beat his teammate, the, the full-time world champion Sebastian Vettel. And the question was, could he keep up that level of performance? And he comprehensively answered that. He absolutely destroyed Vettel this year. Admittedly, you could say, you know, mitigating circumstances, Vettel in his last year with the Ferrari team, having been unceremoniously dumped from his contract at the start of the year, knowing it was going to be his last year, he can't arguably have had as much motivation for this final year. And by the end, it looked like he just wanted to get the hell out of there. But Leclerc still put in phenomenal performances, which were above the performance level of that Ferrari. Um, he took it to places which he had absolutely no right to. Um, consistent finishes. He had four finishes in the top four, which for a car which was a majoritively the sixth fastest car, like in my opinion, was phenomenal performance. And he showcased why he's for sure going to play a big role in the sport in Formula One over the next decade or so. So I would, I would add Charles Leclerc to the winners, the winners circle, shall we say? I a million percent agree. Mm -hmm. I I think you all guys. Um, those listening i actually mentioned this in the group chat um <laughs> i um no i one million percent agree i think that he's proved so much like as you said last year he proved a lot but he's just gone above and beyond this year driving that piece of you know rubbish car around and he's managed to achieve some of the results he achieved like you couldn't even comprehend with the car that he had considering where they were qualifying and just how poorly that they would it was it was looking for ferrari some of his finishes were so so good and um yeah he's really shown us what 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 a talent he is so just for defying his his the performance of his car 100 percent let's put the um leclerc on the winner's list and especially as that ferrari does not deserve any of the of the accolades that it, it got the podiums it doesn't or the or just the speed because it was such a dog of a car. I mean, it's it's ironic that the the prancing horses was was the dilapidated dogs this year, and they were just crap. Everything about the Ferrari was poor. The aero was poor. The engine was poor. Their strategy was poor. Honestly, I think they need to get a new shuffle deck for their strategy next year because this year's one was terrible, and Vettel just could not get the any performance out of it. 
apart from when we saw him in in Turkey. Uh, and the clerk is just it's real testament to how good he is that he could take that terrible car and just smash it across the finish line to take podium places time after time it's what i feel like it's the same spark as as we saw this year with with russell actually when he was able to make that williams sort of singing qualifying mm. I, I just massive respect to him for doing that and that's why for me ferrari is on my biggest losers list because Anything to do with Ferrari this year has been a disgrace. Come to losers later. <laughs> I know we are, Liv, um, but I Tom, just can't wait. In many regards, Racing Point, they didn't get that third place. It was arguably theirs to lose. And there was a lot of controversy that comes about with that Racing Point car. It's it's no secret that they took a great deal of inspiration from Mercedes. But I would put them as a winner, not not the biggest winner, granted, but still for a team like Racing Point, um, which formerly known as Force India, were teetering on the edge of liquidation and crashing out of the sport completely. The fact that they were able to get fourth place and, you know, Perez doing wonderfully, as we say, Lance Stroll showing some maturity and getting a great deal uh, of points for the team along the way. Hulkenberg coming in with cameos. Um Sure. I mean, they've got that 16-point deduction, I believe it was around that that mark, and um, they're not much loved on, on the paddock, shall we say, because of that. But to beat your competitors like Renault, to go toe-to-toe with a well-established constructors team like McLaren, I would say they deserve plaudits, regardless of the uh, the, the methods that were used to ob- obtain the goal or the fourth place. Do you want to know something funny? Mm-hmm. I have them on my losers list. <laughs> I know. <Blimey. laughs> we'll, I, we'll Would come you like to some canned later. laughter then? Hang on a minute. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> now. <laughs> um, I'll come to why later, but for me, the winners from that team were the drivers themselves. Uh, the team themselves were a bit, were, I think they let them down. And the, at the beginning, when we thought that the car, when we started seeing their their, their improvement from last year, thanks to their changes, um, you, know, you know, what the pink Mercedes we were calling them, etc. But because of that, they could have done better. And the times that they did well were because of the drivers and the times they didn't do well it was because the team the car failed or the team let them down so i put them on my losers but because partly because they lost third of course but i'm just gonna switch it right on up now i have actually put renault in my winners and the reason is because just really the turnaround that they've had from the part from last year um we were just we've discussed it quite a few times that how it wasn't poor what Poor is a bit strong, but they're disappointing performances from last year. And throughout this season, we've 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 hinted at how they've been getting better and better. And I'm you'll remember a, a while ago we discussed if Ricardo had made the wrong move. In fact, we we discussed if he should be staying there instead of McLaren. That's how well Renault have performed. And yes, they were behind McLaren and Racing Point at the end. But compared to what we would have expected from them and the performance poor performances last year, I think they've done they've outperform what everyone's expectations done really well and they've got a really nice like footing to head into next year with Fernando Alonso so I've put Renault on my winners list see I would say actually that um it was Ricardo who was dragging that uh that Renault car forwards more than the the Renault team doing uh well out of their own volition I mean looking at the, the driver standing in terms of where Ocon finished 
he finished below Pierre Gasly, who have mentioned below Lance Stroll in that racing point car. So I'd say, yeah, I mean, Renault have done well, but I think Daniel Ricciardo is very much masking some of the the cracks, which I feel will be exposed when uh, the aging Alonso uh, goes there next year. But um, all be revealed, as I say. I do hope that the Aston Martin Formula One team doesn't go the same way as the Aston Martin stocks have been going. Plunged off a cliff is is they're 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 teetering on bankruptcy, as you probably know. Um, and Lance Stroll's father, Papa Stroll, or as he's actually called, Lawrence. Although, please change your name to Papa if you're listening, because that'd be great. Also, <laughs> um, we have Papa Stroll and uh, Sar Marzipan. I oh, sorry, Mazapin now for uh, uh, Mazapin's dad. So I'm um, just gonna throw that in there as as new F1 review vocabulary. Papa Stroll and Sar Mazapin. Anyway, so Papa Stroll has bought Aston Martin's thrown a lot of money to it. They're doing a lot of um, cuts inside the team, and I'm hoping that doesn't detriment the Formula One. Uh, group too much because as Williams and maybe Haas in the future will show and is showing respectively <laughs> um, this sentence has gone in a real weird tree of divergence cuts equal bad race pace there that's basically it so Vettel might well have accidentally joined a, a team that is not going to do very well from a team that might well do quite well in the future. What do you think about Renault or Racing Point being in the winners list? See, Re- Renault, Renault, and Liv, your your point about Renault is really interesting because, on one hand, I think they're the biggest loser because they've lost Ricardo and are getting Alonso, and Alonso's a bit past his time. On the other hand, they they've got podiums this year, and they're flying, ready to become Alpine next year. So. They have the opportunity right now to to really make it back up and challenge McLaren, hopefully challenge Racing Point slash Aston Martin if they're as good as this year. And 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 then you know in an ideal world, at the you know they they might well in the next couple of years challenge Red Bull, which would be incredible. So I feel like they are not one of the biggest. Well, no, because biggest winners, yes, in terms they they fall into my biggest winner category of was really bad before and now is slightly better. <laughs> they probably fit into their to the biggest winner. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they're the biggest winner, but I did have them I had them on my winners list, but in the form of Daniel Ricardo. Um like Tom said, Esteban Ocon kind of oh, I would um, I don't want to say a letdown this year, but I definitely thought that he would he'd be better than uh, he has been. Of course he's broken his podium duck, which is fantastic. But um yeah, Daniel Ricardo's absolutely smashed it this year. Um Dragged every ounce out of that Renault, got a couple of podiums, um, like you said. Um, and I, I actually, I, I think you, hmm, I'd say winners for this year. And I actually think, and I, I, this may be contrary to the rest of you, but I don't think Alonso is going to be as bad as you all think. I'm very excited that Alonso is coming back to the sport, and part of me thinks that he's going to be amazing. He's going to be on it straight away, even though he's what 39, 40. I mean, the guy is the guy's always been very quick. Um, I don't think he'll have lost much of what he had in terms of talent. So I can still see them having a very good year next year as Alpine. He um he did top the um postseason 
young driver test. Not that that means anything because he's not a young driver, but we've we've been through that. I've, I've criticised the, the decision a lot. However, um, yeah, he has performed well in the sneak preview we've seen of him in that car. So I agree. Um, you mentioned Ricardo on the winners list. He is absolutely on my winners list. He's my fifth and final from the ones we mentioned. You know, he what a season for him. Um, he's just shown like that he can perform well not in the Red Bull like obviously he he hasn't performed as well as he would in a Red Bull but he made that decision we've discussed it a million times for what was best for him blah 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 and he's just shown he's still that talent his overtaking I think is unmatched in pretty much out of most of the drivers on the grid and yeah what an exciting opportunity we have next year to see him with the Mercedes engine in, in, the, in the McLaren so Ricardo absolute winner I think he's going to absolutely storm it next year. I think it's the, the car's going to be like perfect for him. Good engine, good chassis, a good family, homely team. That's kind of what you need. I feel like that's the way forward for the McLaren F1 team. Just it's the right, it's the right footing they've got at the moment. It's something that Williams need to collect as well. And so I think, I think absolutely. That's why McLaren is my top winner by this so far um, of the season. They're my number one winner. I'm a McLaren fan. And it was so good to see them third place. Absolutely smashed it out of the park there, guys. Can only be the biggest winner, in my opinion. Anything else you say is incorrect. I'm sorry. McLaren's the biggest winner. Who's your biggest winner then? So mine's McLaren. Biggest winner. Mm. I mean, Mercedes or yeah. McLaren. They're the top two I had. The other ones were a bit meh. Apart from Renault, but, I, but I, I, I stand argue, by. I would argue they're, they're, they're sort of delta change. The change or their change has actually been not as good like yes they won but they were the winners last year so i don't think they're the biggest winners i think they were just the winners like if you were i i would argue that going let's say williams went from last this year and then next year came second i would argue that's a bigger win than mercedes winning at all Sure, but I mean, the fact that Mercedes have won another constructors consecutively, I mean, seven, I believe it is, on the trots, 254 points ahead of Red Bull, basically winning every race they've finished. I mean, granted, yeah, they're at the top of the tree, but I think it's it's really easy when you've got a team that are doing so well to just sort of ignore or gloss over the fact that what they've done is a incredible achievement which may never be matched ever again don't get me wrong i think mclaren have done an awesome job but in terms of every round in terms of week in week out mercedes have been there or thereabouts which is utterly remarkable in my view but they did let down george russell i mean when you say they i don't think it was a sort of you know fifth column inside mercedes like no the young guy we can't let him win i think yeah, it was just more and the, you know i i i still feel like as an achievement mclaren's third place was much more impressive than mercedes win well do you know what can you believe that i'm a mclaren fan i, I can somehow yes yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you sport has Yes, and I have to say my beloved Haas are definitely the biggest losers, in my view, of this season for both on-track reasons and off-track reasons. Three points is all that Haas F1 got for this uh, Constructors' Championship throughout this season. Uh, In terms of their drivers, if we're looking uh, individually, Magnussen got a ninth place. That was the only top 10 finish for him. Roman Grosjean, I guess he's the biggest winner in the fact that he was able to survive that sort of firestorm 
that was created at Bahrain, but the highest he finished was in 10th. Uh, and when you consider how far away they are from AlphaTauri, a team that they were able to go toe-to-toe with, and the fact that they're five points shy uh, of Alfa Romeo, who didn't have a stellar season themselves, only three above Williams, who are still plum last, you've got to say that it's been another devastatingly poor year for Haas and it's only been made worse by the off the track decisions they've made don't get me wrong Mick Schumacher is you know the the golden boy of F1 the the son of the great uh, Michael Schumacher and I've no doubt he's going to do very well in the future for the team and for himself but the decision to recruit and to retain uh, Mr Mazepin and his money after what we've seen um, is a huge uh, stain and, and tarnish on the team in the sport. We've we've spoken a lot uh, about this, and I don't want to go and rehash um, old content, but it needs to be said. You've got the off the, you've got the on the track situation coupled with the off the track situation. I mean, there are very few positives to come out of this season, perhaps, aside from the fact that Roman Grosjean was able to walk away from his car in Bahrain, and I believe all his injuries are about to or have healed. Uh, that's the only positive that Gunter Steiner, Gene Haas, and everybody uh, of the American team will be able to take from this year, in my view. A million percent agree. I keep a million percent agreeing with people. A I'm billion so eager. percent next I'm time, so Liv. eager. Um, <laughs> no, I have Haas on first on my list as well. Um, yeah, it's it's just been a bit of a rubbish year for Haas, to be honest. And I, I do have to say, I mean, I mentioned briefly last, night, briefly last time, I think, I do feel for those people employed at Haas that have absolutely no control over decisions made by the high management because, like, what a year to be involved with the team. It's been ups and downs, emotion, and it's just been a shocking year for them. Yes, they've got three points, but you don't remember them, do you? Like, if Williams ever scored a point... There'd be parties, you know, and Haas scoring a point doesn't mean anything to anyone. It did. It wasn't exciting enough. It didn't make an impact. As you say, the only real moment, the biggest moment, really, we should have said, the biggest winner truly is us and Roman Grosjean for him to be able to survive that accident. But the fact that that happened to a Haas car is obviously bad for their, um, their season. Their points were poor and, yeah, their decisions off track you know, some could say despicable. Um, and so, yeah, absolute loser of the season. I do feel for you, Tom. And I do have to say, though, you made a good point. I feel like in my anger in past few weeks, I haven't given enough praise to Mick Schumacher um, in the sense that he's going to be fabulous next year. And I'm so excited to see him on track. And I'm sorry that he has to drive alongside um, like literal human trash. Anyway, um, <laughs> other losers team-wise, I thought I'd move on. Um, I am so sad to have put Williams because not only did they finish with zero points and miss out on an on an opportunity for points that time when George crashed behind the safety car um <laughs> bless him and they also lost the beloved Claire and Frank Williams as team managers as um of running the team and I think that's a huge loss for the sport and for Williams themselves and as well it's got to be mentioned Lovely Nicholas Satifi didn't have the best year either. So the, coupled with, you know, the two drivers not having their best year and not scoring those points, plus um, Claire and Frank le- uh, leaving. Unfortunately, as much as we hate to say it, I, I have put Williams on my biggest losers list. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I would. Actually, Haas, as I said, anything to do with Ferrari's being poor. I feel sorry for, for ha- well, I feel sorry for half of Haas. I feel sorry for Haas because they got given a terrible engine. And it is a really, really shockingly bad engine, as shown by the fact that neither Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, or Haas could make it work. 
and then Haas's engines were terrible, and then Haas had the uh, atrocious accidents as well. Like you mentioned, Rojon Gro- Rojon Groman, um, <laughs> Roman Grosjean. It's gonna stay in that. That's- <laughs> <laughs> it's like be taller Rojan Groman uh, anyway um, with Roman Grosjean and then and then to top it all off they hire one of the scummiest people that I think we've ever seen step from F2 to F1 without any consequences for for publicising sexual assault and it's just well that it then has to get whatever they deserve for that because it's just atrocious um but Williams, Williams is the one that really, really makes me sad because in some sense, they're the biggest winner because they've got George Russell right now and they can, and he's making them look good. But on the other hand, they are, it's the first year since they started that they didn't score any points. I think in the first year in back in the seventies and Frank and his team didn't get any points either. And this is the, the, the second time they've, they've had that awful accolade. And so I'm. I think Williams are unfortunately also one of the biggest losers. Whereas I'm glad that we split this in teams and drivers because I would argue Russell wasn't a biggest loser. He was actually quite a big winner given what he did in Mercedes. But Williams itself is is shockingly bad. It was a. It's been a depressing year for them. Changing management over to Derilton, and so with Haas as well. And I think they're pretty much on equal levels. Both poor both with good drivers, but both needing some real money changes and some, I don't know, change of attitude, I think, inside the team. And hopefully Drilton will do that for Williams because whatever Frank and or rather Claire was doing fortunately wasn't enough. So hopefully this will be the last time we talk about how Williams is really rubbish because it would be really great to see them at least midfield, mid of the pack. That would be nice, wouldn't it? So yeah, in terms of losers, I've sort of, with my losers, I've like almost... When I was thinking of thinking up of what, uh, how I would rank my losers, I sort of compared it to, like what the expectations were for the team before the year started. So, for example, based on that logic, I wouldn't actually include Williams as a loser because, to be honest with you, I mean, they got zero points this year. I fully expected that. I was, I was, I mean, they were so far behind last year that I imagined them putting the team as well, probably thinking if we even la- uh, latch onto the back of them the back of the pack, the back of the midfield this year, then that's a that's an improvement for them. Um I think if we were to if we were to be in this same situation next year and they'd again got no points, then I'd say, oh they were losers. But to be honest, I fully expect them to get zero points this year. Uh, maybe I'm just pessimistic, but I wouldn't actually call them the losers. I would say I'd say that there are other teams who have greater cases to be losers. Um the main one we obviously being Haas, um had a disastrous year on track and off track multiple car failures a horrible car to drive and now multiple pr failures i would also say ferrari of course um i mean dropping from what second or third in the championship to sixth. i mean that's 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 pretty sort of that's a massive massive drop obviously we we kind of expected their car would be a bit down on performance because this this secretive ruling that was made though um to do with the the construction the power of their engine but when they rocked up to the first race in Austria and didn't get out of Q2, I think then it really hit home. Or almost surprised, surprised us how bad they really were. Because um, I thought they'd, I thought they'd be close to the midfield, but I didn't think they'd be smack bang in the midfield or towards the back of the midfield. So I would definitely put them as a loser. I'm going to throw one into the mix here. I'm going to say not just Alex Albon, but I'm going to say Red Bull in general. 
have been losers this year. Red Bull had great expectations that they would be able to get close to Mercedes, be up near the front. It kind of feels like the last few years at Red Bull. They, you, you think how like each year they've got like a couple of wins. Like this year, Verstappen got two wins. He got like three wins last year. The year before that, you had like Ricardo got a win or two. Verstappen got a win or two. And it always feels like ever since they won their last championship, each year they're sort of promising something they're going to get close to Mercedes. And it just never really happens. And this year has again been the same. Um, this year they were saying how this is this is this could be the year where they really close the gap, and they came out the first race season they were miles behind their car was they had problems with their car. I mean the reliability was poor at the start. They both retired in Austria. Um, when the car did get going, it was the drivers were calling it twitchy, um, difficult to drive, very oversteery. Max Verstappen managed to go around this and work around it with the the great talent that he has. But clearly Alex Albon struggled a lot. Um, I think his troubles with it can be related to the fact that he just couldn't get the most out of what, even though if it's the second quickest car, it sounds like it was a difficult car to drive. And if you're describing a car which the team thought would be possibly challenging for the championship, if you describe it as difficult to drive, then in my book, that's that's definitely something which would classify them as a loser. So possibly a rogue shout, but I'd say Red Bull as well would be a loser. But I'd still say the biggest ones would have to be I'd say Haas and Ferrari, um, as I mentioned. Yeah, Brad, it's an interesting point you raise with Red Bull. I hadn't really thought of it because they came second. I suppose they are actually quite a big loser, especially from a PR perspective. They have been only, uh, the. I suppose the worst, the accolade of the worst PR goes to Haas. Congratulations there. Um, but behind that is the dumping of Albon, the failure inside the team to get any junior drivers. But have they redeemed themselves a little bit by picking up Sergio Perez? Mm, yeah, arguably. But then, I mean, I mean, you could say they redeemed themselves, and that we know, like, that I think we all agree, picking Perez is the right decision at this moment in time um, in terms of the driver market and who was available, and also the kind of the, the lack of options in their juniors. They kind of exhausted the options with Albon and Gasly, and they didn't have anyone past those two. So, I mean, we, yeah, it's the right decision there. But yeah, I'd still say you're right about their, apart from Verstappen obviously being a great success, their inability to get a second junior driver into that second seat definitely constitutes a failure. And I, yeah, there's another reason I think why they can be considered losers. I, I personally think it's harsh to call this season of Red Bulls uh, a failure because I don't think I'm alone when I think or when I thought, should I say, uh, going into the season that there was very little chance that Red Bull were going to be seriously competing uh, with Mercedes. Partly due to the fact that Mercedes have had the best car and engine and would likely uh, to continue to do so. But not only their drivers as well, and so far you've got Hamilton, which is in a different league, and Bottas, who does the job in a decent car. But, but I also feel that because realistically... It's not down to Red Bull that they did so poorly this season, I don't think. It's because, unfortunately, uh, of Alex Albon. And I think because of this season, the fact he's only been able to secure two podiums or two third places compared to Verstappen, who was able to secure 10 podiums, 
um, two of which were wins. You've got to really lay the responsibility in large part at his at his doorstep. I mean, I'm not saying for one moment that Gasly would do any better, but um, but he's failed to perform. Um, he's been given a chance which he deserved after a good end uh, to last season when he came into that Red Bull car uh, to replace Gasly, but he's not been able to to replicate it. And I mean. I, I, I can't say we're expecting him to do as well um, as, as as Max Verstappen, but he's he's really not covered himself in glory whatsoever. And I think the fact that he's now been made a reserve driver kind of signifies to me that his Formula 1 career may well be over because you consider Gasly is firmly uh, consolidating himself at AlphaTauri after the season. So no, there's naturally going to be given a chance unless he does awfully next season. And and where does that leave Albon unless he's a reserve driver? And don't get me wrong, as a reserve driver, you are able to drive F1 cars, as is the nature of your job. But it's in a, such a reduced fashion when you consider the reserve drivers that other teams like Mercedes have, like Stoffel van Dorn, who's predominantly now in, um, in Formula E, who was uh, one of the main drivers at McLaren, uh, you've got to think to yourself, well, if you're stepping down to be a reserve driver, is that the beginning of the end? Are you ever going to get a chance again? Uh, and for that reason, I think he's got to be the biggest loser because Red Bull will, will bounce back. They've they've got Perez involved, who I have no doubt will reduce the, the colossal uh, gap of 254 points that separated Red Bull and Mercedes. But, um, but yeah, I think Red Bull, they were expected to be second. They got second. It's kind of what's been expected of them for a number of seasons. Not a great season by any stretch, but um, I think calling it a failure is a is a bit strong. I haven't. I didn't have Red Bull on my losers list, but I also didn't put them on my winners, which is what I said to you at the beginning. I only have four. I only have four of you because I yeah, I, I, agree with that. I didn't feel comfortable putting um, Red Bull on either, and it's kind of similar for Alfa Romeo, although they yeah. But Red Bull, yeah, I didn't put on either, and I also just worth noting, I didn't put George Russell on either of the lists either because I felt that he lost in so many ways in so many upsetting ways it was so it's such a disappointing season for him on multiple occasions but he won in the sense that he went hey world like look what the hell i can do and that so that in that sense he also is a winner but i don't think he was either side was strong enough to put him on either list so for yeah. me red bull and george are floating between the two um between the two lists and also just a note on losers i also like you'll all be shocked to hear i i i, I thought about putting Norris on my losers list which seems stupid oh but uh, it is why. stupid it is stupid he's That's not he should be in the why. middle he should be in the middle I agree however <laughs> I felt I did feel a little bit disappointed towards the end of the season compared to how he started off I don't think he's a loser but I think that it's a shame he wasn't he didn't carry on to the extent that he started mm. um if you think about where he was in the constructors, you know, maybe it was never going to last. Maybe, you know, you, we don't know. But that the talent that he showed in the first few rounds, uh, I think it's not necessarily loser is a strong word, but if he'd have carried on, he would have been a lot more likely to be straight on that winner's list. That yeah, list those, if that makes those sense. Those early uh, points for fastest lap, I mean, they made the difference for yeah, McLaren's That's very place. true. That's very mm. true. I mean, and obviously, I, know... I adore him, so I, 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 I think... won't put him on losers. I don't think he deserves necessarily to go on the, the biggest winners. I think the biggest winner, maybe for the future, would probably be Russell. And then we've identified the biggest winners and drivers. But I don't. I agree that I don't think he should be on the loser. I think he did really well. 
In fact, I think the McLaren team did superbly, actually. They should be commended for how well they've done. All hail the overlords <laughs> and McLaren. <laughs> Send me merch. Um, <laughs> yes. That reminds me. I got merch for Christmas. <laughs> what did you get? I got three things. I got a Formula One face mask. <laughs> I got a Danny Rick hoodie. It says Rick Free. Uh, it's black. It says Rick Three. Is it? Wait, wait, got... Is it from? Is that a Renault one? No, from his own website. Oh, he has some good stuff on that. He has great fashion. What's it called? Uh, his website's just called Daniel Ricardo, I think. But his merch on there is banging. Although it's always sold out. And then when I saw it was available one time, I was like, Mum, Mum, my Christmas <laughs> present! It's available. And then I also got a George Russell T-shirt, which I'm wearing as pajamas. Did anyone else get any merch? I got some. I got some racing uh, socks. Yes, you they're did. so thick and plushes. Yeah, no merch on mine. I'm afraid. No, no. I'd struggle with merch because I, I, I would immediately want to bin it if there was a driver's name on it who wasn't there on their team anymore. Like I could, I would, and also I, I hate to say this, but I really hate McLaren orange. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, my yeah. Lando Norris yeah. T-shirt that I got last year isn't orange; it's white. But just with a tiny bit of orange on it. Yeah, I want them to go back to like black and red and then I'll buy it. Or silver and red. Those are good days. And so ends episode 23 of F1 in Review. In this episode, we've not just been reviewing one race, but an entire season of the winners and losers of 2020. We've gone all the way down the list in terms of constructors and in terms of drivers. Big winners including Mercedes, um, big losers including Haas, uh, Alpha Tauri were in the, the winners section, Ferrari in the losers section, but of course there was some ambiguity, some indecision and some disagreement over teams such as Renault as well as Red Bull. In terms of drivers, Lewis Hamilton naturally was in the winners uh, category, but then going all the way down, we saw uh, individuals such as Alex Albon, unfortunately being in the losers category as well as some others, including Carlos Sainz being in the winners as well as Sergio Perez. But uh, at the end of the day, it's all down to personal preference and in terms of opinion. He's hoping that many of the winners will retain their their spots in this uh, illustrious list and the losers will do more to up their game, knowing that uh, if they are to repeat what they did uh, last season, they'll get a, they'll get a good old slap on the wrist um, from yours truly and from all our presenters. But this is the end of this episode, but we'll be back uh, either next week or the week after with the F1 e-review rewards. We'll be looking through not only the drivers and constructors, but as well as races uh, and as well as moments during the season. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. We'll be, we'll be back for that. And we look forward to, um, hopefully, you joining us again. Thank you very much for listening.